0: Scout the set up her cookie thing outside of like the pot dispensary, like find your customer wherever their channel is. Same thing for us, right? Whether they want to come through the app, the website, walk into the restaurant, go through the drive-thru, pick up their order through a pickup locker, a kiosk, whatever it might be, be where the customer is and meet them where
1: they're at. What's up, Zach Oates here, author, entrepreneur, and customer relationship guru. Welcome to Give an Ovation, growth strategies for restaurants and retailers, where we find industry leaders to share their secrets to grow your business. This podcast is sponsored by Ovation, the actionable guest feedback tool that works on or off premise and is easy, real time, and actually drives revenue. Learn more at OvationUp.com. Welcome to another edition of Give and Ovation. I am joined today by Erin Levzo. Now, she has an incredible background, running marketing at Caesars, MGM, Palms, Wingstop, Freebirds, Marcus Hotels and Resorts, and now the VP of Marketing Technology at Del Taco. And by the way, that isn't even all of the stuff she's done. Uh, she was also the CMO of the year in 2020, top 25 women, 40 under 40, voted top woman in retail of 2022, and for the first time ever in the history of giving ovation, we have a competitive dancer on with us. So, Aaron, thank you so much for taking some time away from your dancing and business to come and hang out with us.
0: Well, thank you for having me.
1: So, first of all, Aaron, tell us a little bit about what you do at Del Taco.
0: Yes. Yeah, so, marketing technology. So, I joke that it's anything that touches a computer or digital device, which seems to be everything. Um, but we. Run the mobile app, Delia Rewards, um, the CRM, loyalty. Uh, we work with the brand team to take all these beautiful ideas and bring them to life through through the internet. So when someone asks me, "What do you do?" I sell tacos on the internet. I'm like, I, I mean, I don't have a bad job. It's pretty amazing.
1: So you, you sell tacos on the internet, not NFT kind of tacos, but real tacos. And by the way, I think Del Taco is going through a really interesting transformation right now, and uh, there's a lot there's a lot that's happening at Del Taco. It, you know, like I went last night and I got the the tortas. Mm-hmm. Those are really good.
0: They're amazing, yeah. amazing.
1: So w- one of the things I want to talk about is specifically when you're launching a new product like tortas. How do you, what are some mistakes you think that, that people make? What, what goes into a successful launch from a digital side?
0: Yeah, well, luckily we have an amazing leader, Tim Hackbart. Um, and he, when we talk about Tortas, it's truly a team effort and how we bring it to life. But um, not to be overlooked is the consumer research that goes into it, right? And figuring out, will this resonate with the consumer? Because this is a big deal, right? Like it kind of looks like a sub, but it's not. Yeah. And like, it's just, I mean, it's truly delicious. Um, but the idea is like, will it be accepted by the customer? Will they look at this and go, oh, are you trying too hard? Are you not trying hard enough? Is this like, how will they look at the brand differently? And what we found is that they love this, right? And it's, it's very mm-hmm. traditional. Um, but when you try it, right, the crispy chicken torta, oh my God, it, it will change your life.
1: It was, And I was like super surprised. And I, you know, I posted about it on my Instagram story last night and people were like, and I was like, you want a surprise of the day? Del Taco Tortas. Like, Because <laughs> I went there and I was like, oh, let me just like try it out. And if it's bad, I won't mention it to Aaron on the podcast tomorrow. <laughs> but I, I took a bite and it was so good. I didn't even eat it all. And here's why. I brought half of it home to my wife because I'm like, no, Annie, you've got to try hey, it. You got to try it. And she's like, okay, I'll have a bite. And I came back two minutes later, the whole thing, the other half was gone. Like, and it's
0: big too, right? Like the, you nice. had enough where you could eat half and you could like, for me, I eat half. And then I'm like, oh, this is another meal, right? Like, this is great. So,
1: so anyway, I was just very surprised. But I love how Del Taco, you guys are moving to such a, you know, you're a very well-established brand, but moving more into relevance, moving more mm-hmm. into like the modern stream. How do you... How do you do that? Like, how do you take such a big thing and begin to move it in a different direction from marketing? Um,
0: well, it's not it's not just me or even me. It's it's a full team effort and this idea that you're just iterating and innovating. And mm-hmm. I think that's why uh, Tim and team have surrounded ourselves with such great A players on our team is because we all want to innovate and uh, iterate together without losing that brand brand equity that we have and that brand love. And when I go to <clears throat> California, people are like, oh my gosh, you work for Del Taco. That's amazing. like, I'm like a celebrity. I had an Uber driver get out and take a picture with me. And I was like, I think this is so awkward, but like, they just, it's, they're so passionate. And so we know people love it. They grew up with it and it's continuing to spread that love throughout the United States as we grow.
1: Yeah. And cause that's the thing is that there are some some states where you're well less well known, yeah. Right, but you also have like in my town, for example, um, there are two Del Tacos like pretty close to each other. Mm-hmm. So you've got some when you go in, you go in like yes. That's, that was pretty interesting to you know to to see how close you put your Del Tacos together. But then it makes it feel like you know one building is another building's ad. You know, it's like a, it's like mm-hmm. a living billboard. Well, and we
0: all know when you're driving down one side of the street, you're not, you don't want to cross over in traffic. Like you're going this way and the other side of the traffic is going that way. So it works out. It works out very well. We have a couple places
1: like that. Now, one thing I do want to understand Aaron, is I want to get a little bit in, inside of your marketing brain. What, what has made you so successful in marketing? Why, why have you been able to be successful across all of these, you know, uh, hospitality companies? Like it just, it seems so interesting. I mean, I was trying to calculate it out. You've probably done marketing for over a thousand restaurants by now. uh yeah. go at it. What's made you so successful? Um,
0: I wish I had like a really solid answer for you where I'm like, oh, this is it. This is like the the silver bullet, and that's why, and everybody else can do it too. But I would say like it's a lot of things. It's um, and I don't even consider myself successful either, but it's having the right attitude when you go into things, not understanding that the word no exists. Like, I just don't embrace the word no. It's no just means like not right now or, oh, I haven't found the right way to get the yes. (laughs) And then innovation, right? Wanting to change. And I, I tell my team, we prepare to be spontaneous, right? You do all the preparation you can and then know that You're going to throw it all out the window based on what happens. Same thing as on the dance floor, right? You prepare, you prepare, you prepare, and then you go out there and have fun and whatever happens, happens, right? (laughs) Um, And that's really how we attack what we do, which is you got to know your stuff. You got to know what you're talking about, but then you have to be ready to pivot at any moment's notice. And I think part of that is growing up in digital. Digital changes every day right? Innovation, technology changes every day. So if I got stuck in my ways, I would go backwards. This, you just keep iterating and moving forward and go with the flow.
1: I love that. And how do you look at, you know, speaking of going with the flow, you have such a changing, in restaurants right now, it's such a changing demographic, right? In terms of the technology, the mode of communication and everything. How do you stay on top of things? I mean, like, are you doing TikTok reels or... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> how, 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 do you, how do you stay in the mind of the of the new consumer?
0: Um, well, so you meet the customer where they're at, right? So this idea that people sit at home and like, if I sat at home and I was like, you know what? I want to be successful, but I'm not going to do anything or go anywhere to do it. I want to be successful. Or if I wanted to sell... Like I always think about like the little kid that comes to the door and sells candy bars. If they sat at home and they're like, you know what? I really want to sell candy bars. I wish more people would show up at my house to buy them. That's not how it works. That kid has to go find where the customers are, right? Like the Girl Scout that set up her cookie thing outside of like the pot dispensary. Like find your customer wherever their channel is. Same thing for us, right? Whether they want to come through the app, the website, walk into the restaurant, go through the drive-through, pick up their order through a pickup locker, a kiosk, whatever it might be. Be where the customer is and meet them where they're at.
1: I love that because it's so true that customers nowadays are getting lazier and lazier and not saying that's a negative thing for customers, but that technology and uh, and and innovation is making things easier and easier for customers. And so-
0: 100%. And when you think about like delivery, like I ordered delivery yesterday because um, I was on like a three-hour meeting. I was annoyed that like the delivery driver, and I know this is not feasible, but like the delivery driver couldn't come into my house and bring me my food. Like I was annoyed that I had to set down my headset and go to the door and get the food. Like it was annoying to me. Um, And I thought, gosh, wouldn't it be great if we figured out a way (laughs) where it didn't feel creepy? Yeah. Like where it could like (laughs) slide through or like, I didn't actually have to take the extra three steps to the door. Like that would be
1: wonderful. And you know what, Aaron? I got a feeling that's not too far away. <laughs> but, but I think, but truly, they're like trying to understand what is, what is coming, because if you're always waiting for the things to get popular before they happen, then, you know, you're, you're going to be behind. And, you know, there's certain things, like we talked about NFTs, uh, who knows where that's going to go, right? That's, you know, we've had yeah. Chad Horn of Devour on, and I think that NFTs in the restaurant space are still like trying to find their way. Um, And quite frankly, in the world, but it doesn't mean you have to jump on every trend. But that you should understand. You should know about it. You should be
0: aware of it. You should be studying it. But and that's, I mean, that's how we look at it: is let's be aware of it. But it doesn't mean you want to be the first, right? Uber wasn't the first Uber out there. There was someone before them that failed, and then Uber was able to learn from it and come in and be successful.
1: Yeah. So with with that, you know, talking about the failures of things, when you join a new company or when you're talking to your your fellow restaurateurs, what, what are some things that people often overlook with marketing? What are some, some common mistakes that you've seen that uh, people might not even know they're making right now?
0: Well, I think there's a couple. I think marketing-wise, you need to be disruptive. You need to be able to break through the clutter. And I think a lot of times people think, like, just doing what everybody else is doing is good enough. And that doesn't, like, you need to have, a strong presence in order to break through for people to notice you, because there is so much chaos in the world, right? Like, so you have to be able to break through. So I think thinking about it that way, and not just as like a, I'm going to draw, like do the bare minimum. And then I think another thing that people aren't necessarily thinking about is how hard it is to implement some of these things, right? I -hmm. mean, how long have we been talking about data for, I don't know, like 10 years? I feel like I went to a conference like eight years ago where everybody's like, oh, big data, like this is exciting and new. And now you're like, no, it's not. It's not new. Like we've had data. But now like people still aren't doing it. We're still talking about it because talking about something and actually doing something are two very different things, right? Um, And we aren't making it easy necessarily in the restaurant industry or in any industry for that matter and giving the right time and resources that are needed to implement some of these structures, right? There's still this expectation of like, well, I heard someone talk about it, so we should be able to do it. Well, no, you need to have a plan. You need to be able to execute on that plan and make it come to life with the right time and resources.
1: And to your point before of like is and nos, you got to keep pushing through and get get a senior leadership to really understand. Cause sometimes that senior leadership might be a little too senior to understand some of the <laughs> things that are happening or they might be too stuck in their ways. Yeah. So that's what it's all about is like, you know, fighting for what you believe is right. And I think that's uh, an understanding that it's not always going to be just like turnkey, not every, yeah. you know, especially the organization that you've been a part of, you've been a part of some, some pretty established organizations And and you've still been able to make change at them, still been able to do things. I think that's super, super impactful because at the end of the day, everything that we're doing from, you know, the ingredients to the marketing to the digital, it's all about the guest experience. And so what do you feel like is the most important aspect of guest experience nowadays?
0: I think it goes back to meeting your customer where they want to be met, right? And that channel, and that's the the biggest thing that can go the furthest with the customer is being there when you need them, right? Like it's like the warm blanket, right? Like when that customer is looking for you, hey, look, I'm over here, right? And we all know what that feels like, right? The awareness yeah. that happens when you're like, oh, I'm hungry. Oh, I do want tacos. Oh, here we are. We're right here. We're waiting for you. So um, I think that's a, a huge part. And then I think it all plays a part, right? Every department, whether it's operations, um, HR, who, like, they all have such a big part of this. If we don't have enough labor, guess what? You can't get your tacos, or the restaurant's not open. If you don't have the right staffing, right? Like staffing or operations, they can't get it out the window as fast as it needs to be. All of that drops. So I think the guest experience is really when all of those cylinders are firing together at the same time. Um, and I joke. I've always said this in marketing, like I can drive as many people as you want in, but if they don't have a good experience from an operation standpoint, like I can't make them come again. Right. So yeah. um, it, it's everybody working together. And I think at Del Taco, we are very blessed that everybody works so well together. All of our, I've worked in lots of different companies, but I'm shocked at how well all of our different departments work together to push the business forward.
1: Yeah. I think that's, that's a really critical point. I think that's, Why, in the restaurant space, marketing is usually an afterthought. Why? Because you have to have the basics down. Mm -hmm. Table stakes is the operations. If you don't have that, nothing else matters. Exactly. But then then the the marketing, as you push it in, it stress tests that that operations, right? And so you have this great symbiotic relationship. But there are some restaurants that never get to that marketing phase because they never get their operations down. Um, and so with that, peeling back the playbook a little bit here, Erin, what are some successful tactics that you've tried lately?
0: I think um, working really closely with third-party delivery. Uh, I, I joke, that I know, crazy, right? <laughs> um, but third-party delivery is like in hospitality, it was Expedia for us, right? Like you want to the, right. love them, but you also wish that people came directly to you, right? But you couldn't say book direct because then they would get mad. Like it was like a like, um, a brother sister relationship, right? Like sometimes we love each other. Sometimes we want to kill each other. Uh Um, and third party delivery, like we're working closer and closer with them and building those relationships so that when we move forward, we can do cool things together. Right. So, um, that I, I, hopefully everybody's doing, hopefully I'm not like it's not super secret sauce. I'm sure everybody's like, oh yeah, no, I have a great relationship with DoorDash or Uber Eats or Postmates or whoever. Um, What else? I mean, just understanding the data as much as possible, right? Crunching the data and data only tells you the questions you ask. So people always go, what does the data tell you? The data is not sitting there telling us anything. It's what questions do we have? And then we can answer it with the data.
1: That's a great point. And because, the, as, as the, as a saying goes, there's lies, damn lies and statistics, right? <laughs> because it's, it's really important. If you just jump into data and you try to make sense of like, okay, what's happening here with mm-hmm. like a lot of times it'll lead you down a wrong path. But if you go in and you say, what's happening with this type of customer, yeah. How, when does, when does a customer not come back after their first time? Like mm-hmm. what happens? Yes. Like that's those types of questions. I think that I love your approach to that. Get the question. And then go find data to understand, yeah. and try to go in with an open mind too. A lot of times you can you can get whatever data you want to prove the point you're trying to prove, but it's not about being right; it's about what's right. And I think yeah. that's something that is important to to really remember as you're digging through this this big data. Exactly. So with with third party though, I wanted to ask about that. So normally, you know, I was shocked because so many people are like look at third party as the not as the brother, but as like the evil stepbrother. I know. Uh, So how do you foster a good relationship with third parties?
0: Uh, alcohol. (laughs) Uh, no, I don't know. Uh, that's, that is not true. I was joking, but, um, no, just really getting to know them and understand like that, what our goals are, their goals, it turns out is to make money, right? Our goals to make money. Right. So like, how do we make that symbiotic and work together on it, understanding what both of us want to do? I Third-party delivery doesn't take the place of our app. It doesn't take the place of coming in the restaurant. It is another channel. And if you look at it as just another channel, then it's less likely to be like, oh, it's taking over our sales, right? Because there was a time where people would go, oh, we're not doing third-party delivery. We want people to come to us. Well, let's be real. Not everybody's coming to us, right? Like I'm mad because the person didn't come all the way to my office from outside my house. Like what are the chances I was ever going to the restaurant to get that lunch? Zero. Right. So being where the customer is and thinking about what are their goals, what are our goals, and then building that relationship together and putting time into it for anything, like any relationship that you want to grow, you have to invest some time.
1: Yeah. I love that. So Aaron, um, in last question here, who who deserves innovation in the restaurant industry? Who is somebody that we should be following?
0: It's gonna sound so lame, but it's Starbucks. Like I so I'm addicted. Like, let's be real, like totally addicted. I did attempt to make my own latte at home this week. It was a massive fail. <laughs> I'm gonna call it like a growth opportunity. Um, and I didn't like that someone wasn't handing my my drink and I was didn't feel elite walking in and grabbing my drink and walking out. But I think from a technology perspective, um, they figured it out. Like, I was the first to say, like, they had this game that came out a couple months ago on their app. And I was like, I'm not going to use it. Like, this is dumb, right? Like, I played it. I was like, it's kind of like Candy Crush. So stupid. Uh, And then it said, like, if you order a head, you can get an extra spin of this wheel. I had never ordered a head on the Starbucks app. I know that sounds crazy, but I just never done it because, like, I don't know. Like I felt like they'd screwed up. I don't know. I just, I had a trepidation, which is weird because I know I'm a technology geek. And so I finally did it for the extra spin of the wheel again, low bar, but I did it. And then I was like, oh, well, that was so easy. That was so easy. And I got these extra spins and they said, if you order ahead like seven times, you could get all these extra spins. I was like, I'll do it. And all of a sudden they got me over that full hurdle of actually ordering ahead and not walking in and standing in line. And so I felt like they really did a good job of that. Um, Especially because I went into it going like, this is dumb. And then I was so impressed by it.
1: Wow. Dude, I love that. That's, you know, because again, a game like that, you think, oh, this is so silly. This will never work. But I mean, Starbucks did it and it worked. And my drink,
0: like my drink of choice is so long that I was like, there's no way I'm gonna be able to order this ahead. Like, there's no way. Um, and then I was able to do it and it worked out and it tasted great. So now that's the only way I order ahead because <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to stand in line. Like it seems so long ago that I would have stand stood in line and like, oh, now I can just walk oh. past the line.
1: I know. Then you get all these schmoes like me that are getting up there getting their hot cocoa, just waiting 20 <laughs> minutes in line for it. Uh so how do people find and follow you and Del Taco?
0: Um Del Taco you can find us on just about any social platform. Just type in Del Taco. It's very easy to find. Uh and then make sure you go to one of our 600 restaurants throughout the US. Um if if you're like I can't find one, guess what? You can go on the app and just find it that way. Downloading the app, you get two free tacos. You should totally do that. Um and as well as access to Delia yeah Rewards. And then for me, you can also find me on pretty much any social media platform. Instagram, I'm MKE underscore Aaron. Um, but however you want to find me, the only thing I don't answer is usually call- phone calls. So <laughs> otherwise, I'll respond.
1: Awesome. Well, Aaron, for elevating the marketing game and for bringing me as close to dancing with the stars as I will ever get, today's <laughs> ovation goes to you. Thank you so much for joining us on give an ovation. Thank you. Glad you're with us today and thank you. Thank you to the risk takers, the troublemakers, the crazies who are keeping this world clothed and fed. You're the ones who deserve an ovation. Again, this podcast was sponsored by Ovation. To see how we can help you grow your business, go to ovationup.com. Don't forget to subscribe. And as always, remember to give someone in your life an ovation today.